Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Mornings with the Masters, where we devote ourselves to the Lord daily with you. Good morning, you guys. Good morning, indeed. We're picking back back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this is the second time we've tried to intro this, so I'm just going to roll with it. We're picking back Back up up with new New morning morning mercies (laughs) so without further ado tori's just gonna take it from here y'all fun fact before we did these on youtube and on video i would always try to make chad laugh at during the intro so i would be like making funny faces and stuff and we don't do that anymore because y'all would be able to see me uh but that kind of just reminded me of it yes good little flashback anyways the devotional today says this confession is a grace only grace can convince you to abandon your righteousness and run to the merciful arms of the Lord. Confession is not natural for us. It's natural for us to think of ourselves as more righteous than we are. It's natural to blame our wrongs on others. It's natural to say our behavior was caused by some difficult circumstance we were in. It's natural to exercise our inner lawyers and defend ourselves when confronted with a sin weakness, or failure. It's natural to turn the tables when being confronted and tell our accusers that they are surely bigger sinners than we are. It's natural to see ourselves more as law keepers than as law breakers. It's natural to point to our biblical literacy or theological knowledge as proof of our spiritual maturity. It's natural to be more concerned about the sin of others than our own. It's natural to be more critical of the attitudes and behavior of others than our own. It's natural for you and me to be blind to the depth of our spiritual need. Because this sturdy system of self-righteousness is natural for every sinner, it is unnatural for us to be clear-sighted, humble, self-examining, and ready to confess. Blind eyes and a self-satisfied, self-congratulatory heart stand in the way of the broken heart of confession. We don't grieve our sin because we don't see it. It is ironic that we tend to see the righteousness we don't have and fail to see the sin that stains every day of our lives. Here's how confession works. You cannot confess what you haven't grieved. You can't grieve what you do not see. And you cannot repent of what you have not confessed. So, one of the most important operations of God's grace is to give us eyes to see our sin and hearts that are willing to confess it. If your eyes are open and you see yourself with accuracy, and if your heart is humbly willing to admit to what your eyes see, you know that glorious, rescuing, forgiving, and transforming grace has visited you. Why? Because what you're doing is simply not natural for sinners. In the face of their sin, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent, and both of them hid. But neither stepped forward and made willing and heartfelt confession. So cry out today for eyes to see, that is for accurate personal insight. Cry out for the defenses of your heart to come down. Ask God to defeat your fear of being exposed, of being known. Cry for the grace to be willing to stop, look, listen, receive, grieve, confess, and turn. Stand with courage and hope 
before the searching and exposing mirror of the word of God and be unafraid. Stand naked before God and know that all that is exposed has been fully and completely covered by the shed blood of your Savior. Because of him, you don't need to be afraid of your unrighteousness. No, it is your delusions of righteousness that are of grave danger. Yeah, I love how the devotional kind of points out that difference between yeah. <clears throat> we we tend to see our own righteousness, which actually doesn't exist, yeah. and we fail to see our sin, which actually does exist. Right. And I just felt myself remembering how often in my life I've played the blame game, oh, just yeah. like what the devotional is mentioning. It's like, it's someone else's fault. It's my parents' mm-hmm. fault. It's my teacher's fault. It's my upbringing's fault. My it's that situation's fault. Yeah. It's the finance's fault. It's everybody else's fault but mine. Right. And don't get me wrong, there are absolute things that other people have done to us or situations that have caused that have caused hardship. Mm-hmm. But we need to not let that self-righteousness well up in us to think that we can do no wrong because then we we fail to see exactly what the first humans on earth did adam and eve adam said eve you messed up Mm -hmm. you said the serpent tricked me it's someone else's fault but why do we want to play the blame game why can we not see ourselves as wrong why why are we afraid to be guilty It's probably because we're not fully receiving the loving embrace of the father. Because I know that if I can run to my father with anything and he'll embrace me and help me through a hardship, then I'm not going to be afraid to confess. But if I'm afraid of the father, if if I'm afraid to be wrong, if if I'm afraid to be guilty or to be ashamed, Mm -hmm. then I will be afraid to go to the judge. And so for me, the verdict is already clear. The verdict is free. I've been set free. Christ has set us free, what Galatians 5.1 says. So then we just need to run to the loving embrace of the father and not be afraid of confession. And I just think, like, honestly, I think for everybody right now, I think it would be really great if, you know, that thing that you did yesterday, that thing that you've been thinking, Mm -hmm. the thing that you've been holding on to for years and years and years, you need to go to the loving embrace of the Father and confess to Him and just let go of that burden and allow Him to renew your mind and renew your heart and to turn away from sin. But don't let sin keep this uh, this thing, don't let sin keep you shackled in shame and guilt. Yeah, that's so good. I honestly felt myself trying not to cry while reading this because I do think sometimes, and we say this all the time, but we put characteristics on God that we've seen here on earth. And so depending on your upbringing or how confession has worked for you here on earth, how people have responded to you when you confess, I think a lot of times we put that on God where we've confessed something to someone and we've been responded to either in anger or there's been disappointment or there's been a certain consequence or whatever that might be. But God is God and God is different than a human being here on earth. And he responds different to us. And so when he said in the devotional, like, come unashamed in confession, I think that that just like turns confession on its head. And Mm -hmm. it's so countercultural because we think confession is full of shame, right? And we're actually free from shame because of of what Christ did. And so it's like, wow, to actually think of confession as 
beautiful, as sanctifying, as sacred, because it is truly exposing our need for grace. And what happens when that's exposed? When Mm. that's exposed, our need for grace, what happens? Our thankfulness for God rises. How we view God rises. The way we honor God rises. Everything shifts when we don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. When we think of ourselves as righteous, when we think that we deserve grace, that's when pride Mm. rises. And what do we talk about all the time? God opposes the proud, but exalts the humble. And what does it take to confess? A humble and willing heart to say, Lord, I have fallen so short in these areas. I ask you for forgiveness. And guess what his answer is every single time you come to him and you say, Lord, I ask you for forgiveness. He washes you with his grace. He gives you new mercies every single day that we get to walk in. Mm -hmm. And so we walk to his throne room in confidence, humbly knowing that we do not deserve the grace that he is about to offer us. But again, like the devotional says, we have to first have eyes to see how short we fall in comparison to God's righteousness. And so when we have eyes to see man left up to my own devices. I am such a sinful person. I don't like who that person is, but Lord, open my eyes to the things that you want to reveal in me, the things in my life that you want to prune out, the things that are keeping me shackled, the things that are keeping me in the cycle of sin and shame and condemnation and depression and worry and anxiety, these things that the enemy wants us to stay trapped in. God's saying, come to me, run to me, tell me everything and watch, watch how I can transform you from the inside out. Mm. And then we get to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, step into a life of righteousness. And that doesn't mean when we're saying we're stepping into a life of righteousness that we're now going to be like perfect human beings. No, no, no. We're still going to fall short of the grace of or the glory of God every single day. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are no longer shackled to sin. And so when we have eyes to see, I just think it's so beautiful that we can look at confession in such a different light. Yeah, whenever you said from the inside out, it it made me remember one of my favorite books of all time, which is The Picture of Dorian Gray. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you all have read it or watched any of the movies that they've made on it, but essentially, I'll give you the short cliff notes on it. There's this there's this man who's pretty beautiful and he has a portrait made of him. And there's something magical that happens where his kind of like his soul's captured in the painting, mm-hmm. in the portrait. And anything bad that he does here on earth will be revealed in the painting and he will have just ongoing youthfulness and beauty on the outside. And so you can see what's happening to his body on the inside via the portrait, but his exterior won't show that. And I know so many of us have lived a double life. I know I have. And it's like you outside, it just looks, everything's perfect. You get on Instagram, look at me. But on the inside, you're holding on to sin. You're just like, oh my gosh, why am I so heavy? Why do I want to run to alcohol? Why do I want to run to porn? 
pornography? Why do I want to run to texting 100 people? Why do I want to run all these things to feel okay with myself when all we need to do is go to the loving embrace of the Father? Yeah. And it's like, it's true. It's like, we if we continue to hide that stuff, we yeah. can't always see what's happening until, like what you said, we have to ask for eyes to see. And I honestly, right. I think that's what we should be praying for now. Amen. I'm going to pray, son, out. I do. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to do just that today. We pray that you would give us eyes to see, eyes to see where we fall short, Father, so that we can run to you, so that we can grieve the sin, but that we can come to you with excitement to confess because we know that you will wash us with your grace, that you will give us new mercies to walk in every single day. Father, thank you for loving us this much. Thank you for loving us enough to send your son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty that we could have never paid, Father, so that we can be in relationship with you, so that we can pray this prayer that we are praying right now, Father, so that we can be set free, so that we no longer have to walk in the shackles of shame and sin and condemnation, but we can walk in the freedom that you and you alone bring. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify your name. We praise you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, God. Amen, God. Amen, y'all. And now is that perfect time to break out the worship music, break out the journal, and continue pressing to the Lord. Yes. And y'all don't forget that you are God's masterpiece. And don't forget that we love you. We love you guys. And we're talking to you tomorrow. Sayonara.